Smash Egg. Ready? Three, two, one. Good evening and welcome to Weaving Web 3 with me, James. Me, Chris. And me, Stash. This week, we're going to be talking about a couple of um, anti-money laundering bits, particularly with what the EU is bringing in or planning to bring in for crypto transactions and normal cash transactions in general. A little bit about CBDCs, which are uh, centralised bank digital currencies, where a fiat bank brings in its own digital currency, like a crypto asset. And then Stash will be talking us through uh, a little bit of things that he's doing during hibernation, this bear market. <laughs> we'll try to keep it chirpy don't keep it too frosty any more shit jokes oh, sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the only the only terrible joke is my crypto account right now so. oh, well. <laughs> well, no, mine's right there with you yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i just wanted to talk to you always about this um there's something i know i mentioned to you briefly but the Euro- european union is deciding to put a ten thousand euro limit on the cash payments so essentially, if you're doing a 10,000 euro limit, it has to be verified. You can't do it anonymously. They want to see who's transferring large amounts of euros. In addition to that, because of the higher regulation on cryptocurrencies and crypto assets with the idea of money laundering, they're, tra- they're trying to put in regulation to scrutinize anything over a thousand euros. Got reactions from both of you two. So you said cash payments. Is that payments... Like, I don't know, you go into Gucci, you buy a bag for £10,000 or whatever. Is, are they included or is it just transferring of money between people? No, so it's it's the sending money, like a wire transfer. So okay. I, I think the two reasons they're bringing it in are for criminal purposes. One is for, like, uh, people getting hacked and having money sent out of their accounts. Yeah. So if it's over 10000 it has to be verified to stop fraud. Yeah. And then in addition, it's to try and stop money laundering bits. Um, I'm sure there'll be ways around all of it. But those are sort of the two reasons they've said about. Um, and it said on the article I was reading about disproportionate amount of those transactions over 10,000 euros being fraudulent or being illegal. Yeah. Most people don't transfer like that. I don't think it counts for things like purchasing a car with a credit card or something like that. So a payment to a supplier is not doing, but wire yeah. transfers between individuals, it's what it's looking at. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, sorry. Initially, my. My gut reaction to that is probably a good thing, really, in the sense of fraud, because the amount of fraud going on at the moment, like I've been I've I've been scammed. I know so many people that have been scammed in the past, like there definitely needs to be something done about it. So if there is a sort of secondary authentication process of that, I'm sure scammers will be able to find some way around that as well, especially. Yeah, so yeah. Ask, ask for £9,500 or something. Exactly. But, yeah. like, anything to tackle fraud in my in my mind is kind of a good thing. Um, yeah. In terms of it, like, I guess being counterproductive in the sense of, oh, there's extra measures, this, that, the other. There are obviously people that are sending money back home and stuff mm. like that and that might not have declared hacks and stuff like that then i'm not sure i don't know but generally i think more positive than negative yeah sense yeah 
Well, like I read an article a few months ago that like most money laundering goes on with cash anyway. Like I, I think there's a lot of bad connotation that all the scam money is going through crypto and stuff because cash is king. What that old saying? Like no one can track cash transaction when it's paper notes. I know you can trace it more easily with bank notes, but mm. because of like crypto, like it's much harder to launder money through Bitcoin than I feel like if you're doing it in cash or products. You could let's say for like you buy loads of Louis Vuitton bags and then you sell them on and because they're yeah. still store of value like I just feel like it's a different way of laundering money but I agree what you're saying we need to stop money laundering but I'd I think well, not just money laundering like fraud and stuff like that well, yeah well. I, I think it should be evenly on both crypto and like can, can um, I jump in there Sash? yeah, yeah just my money laundering might be more up to date than yours. I think I do a lot of anti money laundering yeah. stuff. <laughs> so, there's so, so if anyone needs the money launder, no, yeah. no, 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 because no. <laughs> no, what you're talking about, Sash, with the the cash is completely okay. true. If if you're going out and selling drugs, for example, you're probably going to receive cash. Yeah, you're like people aren't. So people online do do it with crypto, but probably cash. There's. The step, first step in money laundering is placement. So what people do is they get cash and then they put it somewhere that has a lot of cash already mm-hmm. and somewhere that it's difficult to trace what's going on with cash. So uh, if you think about that, it could be like a, you restaurant. Sell, you, a restaurant, barbers, anywhere where... So barbers would be a, like a, a decent cash right. place, car wash, because it's car difficult... Wash from Breaking Bad, eh? Exactly, from Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's very difficult to verify how many people went to a car wash yeah. on what day and they all pay in cash, do they? Because yeah. what you're doing is you're mixing a legitimate business takings with, with money with that. So we've got placement. That's the first stage of money laundering. And then what people do is they layer it. So that normally involves them sending it around either different businesses, different people. And all that is about is obfuscating where that cash has gone. So you send it to this business, you send it out of that business. And they, a lot of these guys, when they do it, they'll pay tax on it on the way. They'll issue, they'll, you know, you put 10,000 into your, I'll make it simple. The ten thousand to your barbering business, you pay mm. your income tax on that, and then you send it somewhere else. You know, or you pay VAT on it, and then you pay your court tax. You send it somewhere else, and you send it somewhere else. You pay tax on these invoices, etc. Do various bits, and it's all just about hiding where it is. And then mm. the final stage is getting it back into the system. So that where crypto can come in there is if, for example, Chris is a drug dealer from Ukraine. <laughs> right, no, no, you Chris never is, know. I mean, Chris is a drug dealer from Ukraine. Guy, long hair, or... <laughs> he makes loads of money in his country. It's really easy to money launder tiny <laughs> regs. What he can then do is he can be a director in my company in the UK. He could then we can do cryptocurrency web development. He can send me laundered money in Bitcoin or in ETH or in whatever. I can <laughs> then bring that into my UK business and and essentially make it real and yeah. put make it legitimate. At which point he can have that money back and it's clean. And that's so when we talk about Bitcoin, it's in that layering and integration stage rather than the placement. Okay. So that's how that system works and what you've got to try and spot. So part of those regs, I think, are because they're trying to capture those guys sending money from, say, okay. you, obviously, I've just chosen Ukraine, but, yeah. you know, wherever in Europe, it could be, you know, Germany to France, whatever, it doesn't matter. Try to capture those transactions because the, the fiat banking system will see them. But at the moment, there's no link between Chris, the drug dealer in country X, and Chris, the owner of a business in my nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I think they want to take away the anonymity mm-hmm. so they can go, actually, hold on, that money is his money. Why yeah. is he said, 
why is he sending himself funds? So that's, sending, yeah. No, I totally get that's, um, that. That is reasonable, and that's good for him. Like, no, no, that's right. I, I didn't want to. I just wanted to make a bit clear, sort of how that functions. No, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm not advocating anyone doing it, but I'm just yeah. saying that's. <laughs> if you did want to do it, if you did want to do it, this is how you do. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, accountancy is highly regulated, and you're going to need to make sure you're up to date on your money laundering. So yeah. we do it all the time. Um, but yeah, so so that's what I think it's there to stop. But my question for you guys on that is. Do you think that they can stop that with crypto? Because I'll just use Monero and it's sent from redacted to redacted. And what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, do you think that that law will actually impact those, you know, the people doing the illegal activity? Or do you think it's just a, a stumbling block for people like us who maybe have one big on, you know, what some token and want to share it out or something? I don't know. Um. So, like, they, when they're sending money, if they're sending money, for instance, I don't know, doing a bank transfer from their account into a crypto account, right? Mm -hmm. That would not be tracked, right? That would come under no, so, like paying for something, right? So where that would normally get picked up, it'd be under the fact that you've had to do your anti-money laundering, know your client checks, with yeah. whoever you've done, Coinbase or whatever. That Obviously, there are some exchanges that don't do those, I suspect. Um, but normally, that's where they would get you on that going into crypto but yeah sorry carry on. okay so if i were to let's say i don't know take all my money put it into a crypto account i don't know binance crypto.com yeah. whatever um buy a load of monero yeah and then send that monero to someone they wouldn't yeah. be able to get that right they wouldn't be able to track I don't really you see be able to track the transaction, but you know on the exchange that you bought Monero. The safest way, okay, I'm not saying this is what you should do. You set up a Monero miner on your computer, you mine some Monero, yeah. and then that's the way you would have complete anonymity. Do you get me? Yeah. Because you're there is still that cash. But, but what I'm saying, you wouldn't be able to mine enough Monero, let's say, okay, I don't probably know, not. if you wanted to transfer £100,000. Again, not a money laundering lesson, but I'll tell you boys the solution. Yeah. What you use are things called money mules. Money mules? Money mules. So what you do is you advertise on somewhere, Facebook Marketplace or whatever. I don't know where people do it. Probably not Facebook. Yeah, this thing before, yeah. But they advertise um, for people and they go, do you want to earn £1,000 today? And what they do is they give you a load of cash and you go to the bank and you deposit the money in and then you wire it to another bank and you get to keep 1000 or whatever. Yeah. That's how they work. And the the people who are professional money mules are going around depositing cash, and drug dealers split that out. And like I said, when they pay taxes, they lose a percent. They yeah. just take that as when you look when you do the transfer, okay. you lose five percent. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, so that's how people do the anonymity. So the the guy who's making all the money in whatever country, he will give out to a load of money who are people who are desperate. And then if it ever gets tracked back, it gets tracked back to them. So if I was that person, you'd get them to deposit get them to deposit into a bank buy their crypto, send the crypto to you. And as long as that crypto address cannot be assigned to me, you know, you've bought that somewhere, or that's a ledger that you own yourself that's yeah. never gone public, how can they ever track you? And that's yeah. the thing. That That is, yeah. Like, it sounds like they're making it harder for the regular person who's just going by his day. But the people who do this professionally and know, know their stuff, right? Yeah. There's... Uh, such easy ways to work around it that it's like i i wonder if they're asking for to see these transactions so that they can maybe highlight wallets 
that are used. Do you know what I mean? If you because obviously they can't track all of them, but yeah. and I also I also not sure how it would work in this space because if you think these crypto transactions, what happens to people who are doing stuff like bot trading? Mm. Like how many how many times a day would they send a hundred ETH? And it's like, do you know what I mean? And also with the sort of the volatility, I don't know how they monitor that. It, it was just, it's an interesting thing the EU's trying to bring in, but I'm just not sure that it's not just red tape for the sake of red tape. Yeah. It um, does, it kind of, when I'm thinking, I, I'm not an expert, but it does sound like it's just kind of, oh, we're just going to, this little sticker on it for now, just to say, tell people that we're doing stuff. Like, yeah, like per, per plaster over a broken leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We Absolutely. really need that regulation. Like, I'm pro, pro, so pro regulation. Like this is the only way that we are going to advance in the crypto space. At first, I was like, "Yeah, I hate regulation. Go burn <laughs> the governments down and stuff like that." But at the end of the day, we need some kind of order and structure in order to actually progress forward with the technology. Of course, I don't agree with all the regulation that there will probably be, but we do need to know where we're heading. Otherwise, people are just going to be getting scammed all the time, and mm-hmm. people aren't going to get adopted for it. I, I do think regulation overall is for the net good of the people because it's there to protect you normally. Yeah. I think there's a certain subset of people, particularly who are into crypto assets, digital assets, because they're like, they like the anonymity and they like the fact that it's not big government and that the government can't track them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But to get the wholesale adoption and actually to use the technology, you have to have protections in place. Absolutely. Like if you think without regulation, you'd have kids working up chimneys still, and like all this sort of stuff. It's like yeah, they, they yeah they fit straight up a chimney, but we probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> and it's like yeah, different... yeah. I went on a ghost tour uh, recently, and they told us some gruesome details about the kids that went up chimneys and what happened if they got stuck in there and stuff. So yeah, regulation is not always evil, and actually. <laughs> A lack of regulation can be pretty evil. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Pe- people do pretty heinous things. It results so. in evil, right? F- <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Prime example: FTX, which will, I'll be we'll be using that example for a long time. Oh, I mean, it's it's just another one to break the confidence. But I wonder if this could be a solution to crypto's legitimacy. Legitimacy yeah. is centralized banks' digital currencies. So what this is for people at home is. Uh, say the Bank of England, they want to make a digital currency, like a cryptocurrency, but that's, it's slightly different. I'll explain why. So cryptocurrencies, unless they're like stable coins, aren't pegged to a fiat currency. They are their own value. When were you looking at a centralised bank digital currency, what the Bank of England would do is have a pound in their digital currency be worth exactly one pound in your pocket, in your wallet, ten pounds unknown, be worth ten pounds. So... A lot of governments are looking at doing this. The biggest government that has done it is China. China have a digital currency. And what it allows the government to do is track your spending, essentially. Because they can see where you're spending every pound. Now, again, some people will hate that idea. But at the moment, I mean, what do you guys think? Because it's really tricky on this. Either the bank knows where you're spending every single pound as a private company owned by whoever wants to buy the shares. Versus the government that of your country knows. And it's it's that balancing act for me of, well, someone knows where it's all going at the moment anyway. Do you want it to be the government or do you want it to be a private institution? I think it's a tricky one because I don't know if you knew about what China did. They did money that expired. So they didn't allow their citizens to save their own money. 
So it, yeah. it kind of forces you into that. Basically, you're, you're trapped into the system. You I have to spend. Yeah, you like they will be able like to control. Okay, like because you know they have the social credit score. You won't be able to spend money on X, Y, and Z. You can let's say you're spending too much money on unhealthy food. Be like, oh my god, you've been going to McDonald's all this time. You're not allowed to spend it there. Imagine the control because it's programmable money. They the governments can decide what you can and cannot do with this money. Mm. So there's good that will need to be heavily regulated. Otherwise, we'll be coming to like a state of monitoring every single thing we do. They already do that anyway. Like the whole world monitors our digital footprint as that. But people need to be aware. Everything you do will be traced. That's the yeah. thing. Which is, so like, that's with... a bit scary for me. Like I don't want the governments to know everything I do yeah that's why like, your phone is basically listening to you anyway yeah. <laughs> like the, the targeted ads i feel like if you're spending things and a private institution has all the information so it's like let's say tesco club card right mm -hmm. they do all these massive deals at tesco with a tesco club card and they basically force you to use your tesco club card you yeah. know why it's because they want to track what you're buying they yeah, want to track what you're buying, so as they know that information, and information is king, right? So yeah. if you have a private institution which has all the information of not only what you're buying, where you're buying it from, like they can so easily sell that information and just like make a killing. Same with um, Netflix, they do that. Like you'll have obviously like there, there must be some sort of like regulation around that what they can and can't do there but... do you know, like, it's interesting though because the government already controls what you buy and they control it using tax rates mm -hmm. so baby formula is free like there's no no vat on baby formula but there's a lot of tax on cigarettes and alcohol yeah. and do you see what i mean like so i sort of think the government already controls what we spend our money on because they tax things they want to discourage and they give you tax breaks on things they want to encourage but, that, yeah. but then people still smoke Right. But I think I think as long as you're given that choice, I, that's and that's Chris how I think it should work. Is it because look, we don't think it's good for our country to smoke. We've made it yeah. really expensive. You're still allowed to, of course yeah. you are, but it's really expensive and we don't lot. like it. I agree uh, with that as well. And that sure. and that's how I think the system should work. I'd hate the idea of them locking down. Oh, James, we've put your BMI in the system. You're not allowed to go to McDonald's for two months. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. seems horrendous, but. I, I think... So you're saying you'd prefer you can go to McDonald's, but it's going to be ten quid for a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I would, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, but then, but then it's difficult because it. I think making things like food more expensive is very challenging. Um, but but yeah, I mean, especially the government... when we're in a country going through like a food crisis as well, like. Yeah. It, it's it's tricky but i would personally like to be there i would always like as an adult to have the choice of you can do whatever you want there there, there will be repercussions you know it could be more expensive it could i could smoke every single day uh, the chance of me getting lung cancer go up massively but yeah. as an adult anything you do uh, this sucks in life right yeah. is anything fun anything great always has repercussions i went out on uh, Saturday night, went out drinking. You wake up <laughs> this morning and you, you feel up, awful. You check your phone and you see there's a message from James saying that he loves us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really love that. that I'm <laughs> glad we mentioned that on air. Fantastic. So, <laughs> but the thing is, you go out and you have a drink and you have fun, but then you've got to deal with the consequences in the morning. And I'm fine with that. I think as an adult, that's a good system. Um, yeah. 
it's just, yeah, to go out and deal with it. But and I think the same thing with the central bank digital currency is although they're tracking you, they're going to have more control over locking down activities is, is where it ends up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's bad because, all the, and this technically as well, I'll just clarify this, this is still a fiat currency. So a fiat currency is a currency controlled by a government. For the fact that this is digital, it isn't a cryptocurrency. It's so still fiat. Is is it more like a stable coin, for instance? But it is by the government covered. It's by a the stable government. coin, but further than that, because if you think about it, fiat currency has a few checks and balances in the system. Like they control the Bank of England does interest rates, and they do stuff like that, and they curb inflation in the system mm. using things like that. So this this central bank digital currency idea, this digital pound, could never blow up like Bitcoin. It wouldn't be an investment tool like that. Yeah. Because the well, that's pound, not what they want it for. It's... No, it's not. Uh, but that, I just want to make that clear to people. It's not an investment tool because yeah. it can never blow up because then the, then a, your loaf of bread suddenly costs 300 quid and it doesn't work. Mm. So this would be, in essence, a stable coin, but even more so, but would also be backed up by the taxpayers, essentially. Um, yeah. But I, I wonder if that's actually the end game for stable coins. Probably there will be. I do think, uh, no, actually, I'm torn. I think there's there will be a separation between there will be the like you have your stable mm. coins on your blockchains, and then you have your CBDCs. <coughs> if anyone's interested, there's there's the Digital Pound Foundation. Like a few, I think it was half a year ago, they were the bill to introduce CBDCs was rejected by the House of Lords because it's still they were like iffy about it. But um, I I don't know. Maybe, uh I know Rishi Shunak is pro Ethereum, Bitcoin and stuff like that. And I know there's meant to be, that's why the whole, why we're talking about it now, because they're trying to push that as well. But I think um, I'll include a link to the Bank of England has got a, a nice little article. It's really simple to read. Don't need to know a lot about crypto but to, to get the idea around it. Just talking about the central bank digital currency idea. So I'll, I'll, we'll put that down in the description below and you can go and have a click on that. If you've got any questions about any of this, drop it in the comments, ask us, and we'll either respond to them on there or we'll talk about it next week or whatever, whatever's easiest for you guys. But yeah, if you've got any comments or anything, let us know and we'll answer them. Yeah. Right. So I think that wraps up my James's how to money laundering. That's, that's not, <laughs> the title. not financial advice, not financial advice. Not financial advice, yeah. <laughs> no. So now we, we talked about the Euro bits, we talked about uh, central bank digital currencies. Sash, have you got a few bits you want to talk about during my my terrible jokes? Have I got any? Uh, you have to bear with us while Stash does this little <laughs> bit about the, about the market. Well, I was just going to say, like, I was just wanted to give you like some investing mindset strategies for this current bear market and how to strategies, not advice, not advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like how to get yourself in the positive mindset because you don't want to take risks right now, like heavy, heavy risks. Like you need to make sure that you have like a steady income, like. Not that you're not spending more than you're earning. I would not recommend you to invest any money. Like you start off with writing a list of all your incomings and outgoings. And then you can see like, huh, I'm spending a hundred pounds on Starbucks. Maybe I will trim that down, make get myself some instant coffee or something like that. And then maybe that 50 pounds or 20 pounds that you save, you put into crypto. Be that stash is very bougie, by the way, guys. Bougie. 
100 100 pounds a month for Starbucks. Well, you know, like, you're buying frappuccinos, like nine quid, like Benty. I'm like, hang on a sec, because that's a bit much for me. Like, I'm not paying that much for a bougie coffee. (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely get you. I think. I think but, when, the market... when it comes to bougie donuts, though, oh, <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. I've got a surprise for you guys today. <laughs> when, um, when you guys talk about investing, I mean the 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 mantra that ever there's two things that everyone always says, isn't it? Invest what you can lose, mm-hmm. and do your own research when it comes yeah. to crypto. People say that, although people say that like it's the easiest thing in the world sometimes. Yeah, but... they're all like, "Oh my god, this coin is going to blow up to a thousand percent or whatever." It's literally click, and, and then they're like, like "Do your own research, guys. Do your own research. Do, you, do your own research." <laughs> Absolutely, but like, I think for me. I I've got a strategy where I just I've got a certain amount of money a month. Mm. Put it into what I put it into. I don't put any more in than that. If the market goes down, that's fine. If it goes up, it's fine. Because for me, I'm not looking to get rich quick. I'm looking to get rich slow. Is my plan. Like, we'll see. We'll see if it comes out. But <laughs> the idea of getting rich quick, you will find it as a fallacy. Yeah. Like. And really, you don't need to get rich quick. If you think about it, you just need to find some way, and, and cryptocurrencies might not be this, but in like the normal investment world, all you're looking to find is something that you can compound that compounds faster than inflation. That's all you want. It, it's, you know, and it doesn't need to be. Then you end up net positive, right? So... Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the hope. If you go, inflation is on average, and this year it's massive, but on average, 3% a year, you go, if I can find something that returns me 5% a year that I can compound... I will have beaten inflation and also you'll have compounded. So you're a thousand pounds in 10 years time is worth a lot more than, the, do you see what I mean? You're compounding it up. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, just putting in regularly, like, because a lot of people talk about crypto and they go, well, oh, I bought at the wrong time. I bought really high or whatever. Um, there's a, a method called dollar cost averaging, which is just where you buy continually during periods. And like, I'm buying continually now where the market, to my mind, is very much down. Yeah. And then uh, the future, the fact that I bought some earlier when it was higher, I'm now averaging my cost down so that when the market goes back up, uh, it's a lower value that I need to sell out at to make a profit. Um, and it, it can be it can be dangerous. But I'd also say when the it's graph very- starts doing this, right, don't go, oh, that's the bottom. I'll catch it because you're trying to catch a falling knife. And the yeah, knife that, is still that, that falling. Was me during, during Luna. <laughs> yeah. We've all made that mistake. Oh my god, ten pound Luna! Yes, yeah. absolutely. But but a falling knife is way more likely to cut you. It's, yeah. And and I think people are a, a bit nice analogy there. <laughs> they are. They are. They're, it's it's so easy to sort of yeah. see it. But if you're if you come in with a good strategy, again, not investment advice, but just what I like to do, doing something consistently and doing it on something that you think is quite trustworthy yeah. and, and don't going all in on crypto i would say is not a good idea i would have i'd have fingers in different pies there's overnight but like the thing is with like ftx i know stash never talk about all the time when that dies every crypto dropped 40 percent. so if you think oh don't worry i've got bitcoin and ETH, and i've got i've got you know whatever else doge it's not really diversification because crypto is such a small pot still, yeah, it, it, it'll all be affected. And, and that's the thing. A lot of them are like linked to Bitcoin and ETH sort of thing. Oh, massively. So if Bitcoin goes down, the whole of the rest of the market is going down. Yeah. Whether or not your sort of your crypto is doing well, Bitcoin is down, so everything else is down, sort of thing. Absolutely. So yeah, 
I had a nice laugh the other day. I went on OpenSea and saw how much some people were paying for NFTs. That's that's a fun trip. But you go through and you go like, oh, this this photo of an owl last sold for seventy two ETH. You think, <laughs> you think you think like, well, hold on, I was you like a hundred grand or something, and you think yeah. like that's that is absolute madness. But when you think that was at the height of the bull market, seventy two ETH, that's a few mils. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, right? If you see some of the some of the big big projects in NFTs, like we're talking cool cats, uh, bank. Yeah um i don't know uh azuki's like yeah. they they were going for a lot more than they are now like bitcoin and eth are both down and also the prices of these things yeah, yeah. Are much lower so i think a lot of people are counting on the fact that oh it's 72 eth sure but eth is worth a thousand pounds right yeah. um so they're like okay so i put in 72k however this will probably either maintain or go up. Yeah, so I could sell it for 80 ETH and ETH will be worth 1,500 pounds. Mm. Right. So uh, one thing I've noticed, it, but it's still a, a bit of a gamble, really. Isn't it, it? It, it's all a gamble. It could collapse overnight. Yeah. We could have like one day illegal all over the world. Obviously, it's not going to be illegal all over the world. But well, what people need to be really careful of as well, and this is something everyone should do if you are trading crypto. And you go, oh, fantastic. I've made a hundred grand. Take 20 out and put it in a bank account and do not touch that. Because if you've made, if you've got a hundred grand sat in your crypto, you probably owe taxes of 20% roughly. It varies. But on that amount, the idea that if you've made that money, oh, it's just my money. Because if, if for example, right, so tax year in the UK, 5th of April, right? If you have made a load of money up to April 2022, left it all in crypto, and you need to pay your taxes next month, you might have 40% less than you had at the height. Yeah. Right? You just got to think about it that way. Is you you might have to liquidate another, you know, you might have to liquidate yeah, half like of what you've got left, your, what you've got yeah. left yeah. To, to pay your taxes. So when you're making these big gains, take the tax out. And you can use tax software throughout the year to know roughly what your capital gains and what your income taxes as well. And I would also say to people, if you start getting involved in a project, just understand how any gains will be taxed. Because some things in crypto in the UK, I can't speak about other tax regimes, but some things in, will be taxed as income tax, mm. which comes into a different bracket and is treated differently. And anyway, but understand how what your activity is doing will be taxed before the tax man comes after you because it's so much easier to, to do it as you go than it is retrospectively. Yeah. Um, well, so as, a, as a freelancer, sort of, I know what that feels like. Like, mm. yeah, at the end of the year sort of thing, you've got to do a self-assessment, right? Yeah. Um, and you've got to have that money. <laughs> you yeah, don't have that money, like, you're screwed, right? Uh, absolutely. You, the need to, you need to account for that whenever you're getting paid anything, really, sort of thing. Like put 20% of it on the side. There um, are ways you can do it. Like some people do pay their taxes through their pay as you earn system. Yeah. So the government will let you, if earnings are under a certain threshold, pay it monthly. But mm. the reality is if you're making big money in crypto, I've made big money in crypto, you need to set some of it aside because the tax man is coming. <laughs> they, 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 they are. Yeah, the tax man's coming to get you. They are, they are, they are. And it's, the, the only what sure things death and taxes right 100 percent, 100 percent. 
I, I just think for, for me, it's business owners have to do this. And anyone making any sort of money has to do it. And I think some people come to the idea of, well, oh, it's crypto. I don't have to pay taxes. And you think you do, because at some point, when we've looped this back around to the first topic of today, at some point you need that money in the system, be it to buy a house mm. or to buy a car or to, to do something with. And it's legitimate money. You've made it legitimately, but now it stinks because yeah. it looks like you haven't. So, for example, Stash makes loads of money in crypto, right? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to pay taxes on it. No one's seen it, right? He then comes to buy a house. And when they go, where's that money from? He goes, crypto. The mortgage company might go, we're, we're not touching you with a barge pole. But if you've got that crypto and you go, I've declared up my tax return in the last four years, you're immediately more legitimate. Yeah. I can't promise you that they will yeah. accept it. But you're coming at it from a perspective of I'm a I'm an actual adult. I've been paying my taxes on it. If this was illegal, would I have been doing that? I've got all this stuff. Um, you know, you can do a self-assessment tax return yourself, or because then I'm an accountant. <laughs> some of them are really difficult. Really, James? Some, really? I've never heard that. Some of them what? are very difficult, and some of them you will need help on. But some, if you do a basic tax return, if you just if you had a Coinbase. And all you were doing was putting some money in and occasionally selling. You could work out your taxes by yourself. The software will do it for you. The difficulty is when people do lots of other bits and have loads of different exchanges and et cetera. But um, I think, yeah, I think for me, a, a big bit during a bear market, et cetera, is do your admin. If you're not making any gains, do your admin and know where you're sitting because mm. uh, you need to be an adult about this and think, Think more future than next year. Am I going to have more Bitcoin or less? Yeah. And think about what you want to do in your life and where you want that money to be. But yeah, that would be my little bit of advice. No, I think yeah. it's a solid piece of advice. Cool. Have we got, have got anything else? Bits to say. Like, I just yeah. want to like say a few more things. Like, not if you're going to work in, go into crypto, you can't just put money and forget about it. I think to be successful, set yourself up for success, you need to actively be on Twitter, TikTok, social media, participating in discords and exploring what these communities have because in the Discord, podcast, yeah, well, mean, watch half us, of, watch us. The, we're going to see your lives. Half of the NFTs that I own, I've won basically through Twitter <laughs> conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, I want a sappy yeah. seal. Like my sappy seal is my favorite NFT that I've got and that's worth like 0.7 ETH now, I think. Wow. Like, at, at its height, it was worth 2 ETH. Oh, I didn't sell, obviously, because I never sell, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, one thing I really hold dear to myself is, like, when I'm this, like, I'm manifesting my future to be financially independent. Like, I see, I wake up, and like, I want to be independent. I want to have money. I want to succeed. I want to slowly build up my wealth. And how will I get there? How will I be successful? And it's all you. You have to take the risk. You have to every morning wake up you like this is going to be the day where i'm going to learn something about this cryptocurrency what is blockchain what is a private blockchain and taking your own responsibility and then if you manifest yourself you will be that person you want to be like i am i am hoping like i've set it in my stone after i finish my phd i'm just going to be financially independent retired working on crypto and this podcast like i want to inspire the next generation and i want to show that it is possible to be free and all you have to do is just half an hour 10 minutes every day just to bam i'm going to go on that discord and ask these moderators or these founders they like these new projects that are coming out they will the founders of these companies will be there to talk to you and be like this is what we're trying to do this is our technology what we do like 
it all the information is out there like the crypto space yeah it can be toxic oh, it's the honest play honest response but at the same time you find the right community they will shower you with knowledge and love that will eventually change your life in the future like we're still so early and we've got this so yeah like we are here to talk like i know there may be only like 20 viewers on it right now <laughs> but like message us <laughs> i am more than happy yeah, to so down leave you. a comment or Just whatever have, yeah yeah like we absolutely yeah you're you're in the unique position that you caught us early, so you're early into the Weaving Web three game. <laughs> so you have access to talk to us and stuff like that. Obviously, when there's hundreds of thousands of people watching, like we, we well, Chris have... is massive. He's big time. Yeah, well, like, remember the OGs, guys. Don't you worry. Doctor Stash, Doctor Stash, Chris, the, the King Chris, and um. James, the uh, Jammy James. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say as well, just that there's like a future investment at Stash's hype train, which I love. Um, the best investment you can ever make is in yourself. A hundred percent, always. Because oh. it, it, it just is. If you can go out, and the thing is, right, the average person works 1,800 hours a year. Right? Okay. They do. That's that's 48 weeks a year, 37 and a half hours a week, right? That's normal. And I know some con some things don't work like that, but that's what the average person in like, the UK works. Every time you can get a, a paid a pound more an hour, it's a lot more money in your pocket. So going out and doing something, getting qualifications, pushing yourself forward in your career, you will pro and we're not selling a pipe dream. It's not invest with us and you and you will you won't be working in two years' time because that's no one. No one is like that. These people who you see are ultra successful at 30 work and they work very hard. And I would say the best thing you can do is invest in yourself and put yourself in a position where people want to invest in you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So don't sit in a job where you look around and you feel like one of the other numbers and you're not getting anywhere and the people don't love you because you need to be somewhere where your boss wants to promote you, where people mm -hmm. want you to succeed because no one gets there on their own. Not a single person on this planet is self-made, doesn't exist. You mm. need to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, funnier than you, sexier than you, whatever you want to be. Surround yourself with those people and learn off them. It is the best way to learn is to surround yourself with people who are better than you and just sit down and listen, try and do what they do. And just find obviously, people. Obviously, here at Weaving Web 3, we're setting the bar really high for you. Guys. Very high. <laughs> in, <laughs> in all of those categories. Which one of us is smart? Which one is sexy? And which one's funny? Because I said three things. I'm just worried, <laughs> just worried that I'm neither of the three. <laughs> oh, so Slash is claiming sexy, apparently. No, no, no. <laughs> the eyebrows going. No, well, no, I think Stash is probably all three because he's going to be a doctor, isn't he? So, yeah, we call the short straw, James. <laughs> we, should, we should get Stash in charge of marketing because he, he's really good with viral yeah. stuff. Um, also, one thing that I would say, having experienced it, having worked in customer service for years on years, um, you need a level of like, I guess, self-respect and like self-value, self-worth, mm. right? Because... I went from, I don't know, working at Wagamama's. I worked at the Odin Cinema. I was earning minimum wage, maybe just over. And now, like, I took the risk. I emailed a load of different companies to do freelance work. I didn't really know what I was doing when I started off. Now, four years in, I'm, I love doing it. It's, so it's good work. 
I enjoy it and I get paid so much more than I ever earned in customer service. Like it, but that's all that. And that has sort of helped me value myself as well. Now, for instance, if I were to consider anything like that, I'd be like, okay, well, I want more. I want more from you. Right. And I feel like that is a big thing, especially like in, those sorts of jobs that pay minimum wage like mm. it's because the people feel like that's what they're worth and you're not Absolutely. you're not you're worth a lot more <laughs> yeah but believe in yourself like like these companies are made to make you feel like you're worthless like i worked at no i worked at stuff. anyone can do your job right yeah. yeah we're just all replaced i was replaced like three days after i left like yeah there's literally we are the high highest turnaround like the jobs that i did like Every year, there'd be a completely different stuff. Like now, I would say, what, four or five years on? Like, I go into the Odeon. I don't know a single person there Mm. anymore. Like, it's just... I find it really funny because I obviously work in a profession. And I'm sure, like, Stash will get this as well. Like, where Stash goes out to work and does his doctory stuff. um, It's not a medical doctor. He's a different doctor. Though it does do better kind of doctor. A better, we can we're the better kind, the one that does all the research. One of the ones where someone goes, "Is there a doctor on the plane?" Stash goes, "Technically, like, yeah." But only yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can, can talk you about fix viral this broken leg. No, <laughs> I am CPR trained. I meant first aider trained, so I can. <laughs> okay, okay. But what I was gonna say, like professional environments and like the environment Stash would be in, it's incredibly hard to replace people, so they know you're valuable. Doesn't mean they treat you with value. <laughs> I'm sure Stash would yeah. It doesn't mean they treat you with value, but I think as well, and this is maybe a perspective from maybe where I land, being what the company you're at does helps. Now, let me just make that clear. If you work for a music company, the people who get paid the most money are the people who make the music, mm-hmm. right? If you not work... necessarily. Would <laughs> you not say, like, the execs, the... I suppose the execs, a... yeah, they're, they're not the people that make music. No, I suppose. Like, if you think about, for instance, the Beatles, let's say, they got paid. Oh, yeah, they got mugged off, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they're, they? not, they're not getting enormous royalties still. I mean, they, they do now, obviously. Yeah. But back in the day, when they were... When you were music, about music was make... probably a terrible example for me to use. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. What I'd say is, I really struggled when I worked at a company, and I did, like, ancillary services. So, like, not being sales, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. When you're the thing that makes your company the money, you can normally, you're normally quite well aligned with them keeping you happy. Yeah. So, it, if you're if you're making people money, they will want you. And I would also tie in the fact that one thing everyone should do, no matter how extroverted you are, no matter how confident you are, practice selling. Because when you go to an interview, you're going to have to sell yourself to somebody. This is what I am. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm this at. But you have to sell every single day. Like we all sit down in a team environment like this doing our our podcast. And we have to sell ideas to each other. I think we should talk about this. I think we should do this. You need to be able to sell in life. And it doesn't mean go work in sales. You don't need to do that. But practice being convincing and doing public speaking and talking to people. I know some people find that very difficult, but it makes you. Confidence goes a long way. Of course, I mean, like us three, we all met because we were we were all alone in a big conference room, and we were like, "I'll go. We'll go talk to someone." But it makes connections. I am fellow human here. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 
look at what we've then we built a thing off the back of it because yeah. we took a risk and we went and spoke to someone and we were all I mean we're all lovely and charming but if you know what I mean by taking that risk we actually get to go and do something more fun and now I look forward to my Sunday nights absolutely this ah, is the highlight of my week this is what selling's all about guys all right just <laughs> drop them a fake drunk text tell them you love them oh. thanks for the nude stash that were lovely but um i know it, it's a real problem because my iphone keeps telling me i've got too many photos to back up now because <laughs> won't, you won't stop it's like a torrent <laughs> but no like it's all it's about and um, making connections and People will get you the furthest in life, I think. Well, that's that's the end of my promotional talk. No, I love it. Uh, this is honestly, we're here to inspire the next. Should we move on to like a more light-hearted segment? <gasps> Oof! What uh, have we got in store, uh, Stashalino? Where am I from? Ba 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 ba. This is one of my favorite places on the planet. Can I tell you a bit of description because you won't be able? To... I'll show you. Absolutely. This wonderful beauty. It's a sourdough donut. Sourdough? Yes. And sourdough. I was just, at first when I was like, sourdough donuts? Hang on a second. This does not look this. And I'll it looks open, delicious. I'm going to what, what, What's in it? What's in it? So this raspberry, raspberry white vanilla. And this is like a little, nice little piece. And now get ready. Oh. Oh no, this is not going as I thought. Oh no, <laughs> it's going everywhere. So I'll give a little bite. Ready? A little bite. I like how he says a little bite. A little, a little teensy Get the cross section. Wait, up a bit. There we go. And it's full of this beautiful raspberry jam. That does look bopping. Okay, okay that, that, that's no Sainsbury's going up there. Been from Bristol? You might uh, know, you've been to uh, Bristol. I, so my brother lives in Bristol. Um, I've got quite a lot of friends that live in Bristol, and I only know of one place that does sourdough donuts. Oh my god! But so I'll let Chris. Oh, have, have we got a winner of where is this from for once? <laughs> go on, so Chris. Chris, the go on. You have a guess if you. you, I, you... I'm, I'm going to say it looks up market, so it must be Waitrose, mate. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> there is a place near the art museum called Pinkman's. The two sourdough donuts. Honestly, if anyone is in Bristol, you need to get this beauty. Like they've got three new flavors. Um, they have Ferro Rocher, gingerbread, that which is a speciality yeah. one, a chocolate one, which eh. But my favorite, I uh, this is like my everyday, like I could happily be hooked up to one of these machines and have <laughs> just injected into your system. Yeah, literally, it's just perfection. Like the sour donuts gives you like this warm fluffy feeling on the on your tongue and then like the cream just melts it and then you get that sourness from the raspberry just to hit it perfectly yeah <laughs> my favorite segment of the week they also yeah. do really nice pizzas there mm. they do, and so. the new focaccias oh the parma oh. ham one salt so when we go into bristol is the question I'll well, go to Bristol whenever. Yeah, we can go to Bristol whenever. We can go to a conference. A we can create our own crypto conference. <laughs> do do oh. a Weaving Web 3 fan meetup. <laughs> <laughs> Just us, us and Phil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, boys. I think that's a lovely note to that end that perfect. on. Stash yeah. smashing back a donut with nothing but professional here. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for listening to this week's Weaving Web 3 with me, James. <laughs> the outro. Me, Chris. And me, Stash, which I totally forgot that we're doing an outro. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
Good night. Yeah, thank you.